You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step-by-step how to meet and seduce beautiful women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week-long fling, or a long-term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And on today's episode, we have an interview with Bobby Rio. Bobby Rio is another uh, fellow dating coach for men. And I really trust his his advice, which you're going to see in just a second, is really awesome. And we see eye to eye in a lot of stuff. And I had him on about three years ago because he was talking a lot about texting. And I thought, why not do a topic that's totally different from texting where we can dive into actual, you know, what does it look like when you're in front of the girl, especially on a first date? Also, another reason why I wanted to talk about first dates today was because I feel like I get this question a lot from my coaching clients and they ask about first dates. And then it got me thinking, I don't really have enough material on my podcast about first dates. We talk a lot about how to get the first dates and you know what to do maybe even after the first date, but not much about the first date itself. So when I was talking to Bobby, I was like, what should we talk about on this, on this episode? And then I came up with, let's talk about first dates. Let's get another person's opinion because I even looked in my whole catalog in the How to Talk to Girls podcast and I saw that I do have some first date episodes, but none where I'm interviewing someone and getting their perspective on it. So we go into first date mistakes. We talk about how to avoid friend zone, how to avoid on the first date, how to avoid being the nice guy on the first date. So really, it's like a little mini guide to the first date, not necessarily how to set it up, but I talk about that a ton on the podcast, but more focused on what to do on the first date so you get a second date and how to maximize the first date, or I should say optimize the first date for best chances. And what's cool is what you're going to learn today in this episode is going to even take us further than just how to be awesome on a first date, but it's going to teach you about how to trigger attraction. So you're going to technically learn what to do on a first date while you're going to be learning how to interact with a woman anytime you meet her. So it's kind of killing two birds with one stone here in terms of learning about creating sexual tension and you know doing really well when you first meet a girl, but also, like I said, on the first date too. So we go over a lot of stuff. I think you're really going to like it. I think you're going to like Bobby. Uh, You might not remember him because again, this podcast episode that I did with him when I interviewed him was like three years ago, maybe even four when the podcast was was generally new. So it's fun to have him back and and have him return. And he's going to talk just at the end for a second, a little bit about his program that he has. If you want to join his program and learn about his stuff, which there is links in the bio, in the bio, I don't have a bio. That's that's Instagram speak. <laughs> that The links in the show notes, links in the show notes for you to, uh, to check out. And another link that you're going to find in the show notes is my link to coaching, which is coachedbytrip.com. And coachedbytrip.com is a link that takes you to an application page if you're interested in doing one-on-one personal coaching with me. If you are interested in doing one-on-one coaching and taking your dating life to the next level, wherever you're at, right? So even if you're going on first dates, but you're not getting any more of them, we're going to help you out there. Maybe you're at a point where you can't even get a first date, so we'll help you get more first dates. Uh, Wherever you are in your dating journey, I can pretty much guarantee you that we can help you as long as you fill out the application and tell me kind of what's going on. I can dissect 
and figure out if you're going to be a good fit. If you're a good fit, it's pretty much a guarantee. You know, the people who don't necessarily qualify for coaching, well, for sure, if you're under 18, but also guys who just don't take the process seriously, right? You can't just write a few words on the application page and expect for me to understand if you're going to be a good fit. I need to to read at least a few sentences, you know, so I can see if this is something that is going to actually, you know, benefit you. So go ahead, go to coachedbytrip.com so we can see if coaching is a good fit for you. And if it is, I'll text you and you and I will, will hop on a call or I'll email you, we'll hop on a call and we'll get going. So check that out. And here is my interview with Bobby Rio talking about first dates, first date mistakes. Check it out. What's up, Bobby? How you doing, man? Good to have you. Yeah, good to be here, man. It's been a while since we've uh, done one of these together. Yes, it sure has. It has been a while. I think the last time we talked, I think we talked about texting, I believe. Yeah, and I think I think I actually interviewed you on flirting too as well. So yeah, it's yes. a couple of them over the years, but it's been, been, been a while. So I'm excited for this one. Yeah, man. Well, it's it's you know good to have you back. And today we're talking about, about first dates and how to how to really just rock out first dates. And I know that you focus a lot on you know how to avoid nice guy stuff and be able to just work on good seduction skills whenever you meet someone. So I think it'd be really awesome to talk about that and share some information. But for the guys who don't know you, Bobby, maybe tell us a little bit about you, how you got into this. Because you're like me. I mean, we're both dating coaches. We both teach on similar topics. Maybe we have different ways of teaching, but we both teach on the same stuff. We teach to guys. But yeah, what's your story? How did you get into all this? Yeah, so I started coaching, uh, officially coaching like 12 years ago. But it's funny, I was at a college reunion recently. Somebody knew who me 20 years ago, and they said the only thing they remember of me is them giving, giving them advice on how to pick up girls at the college party. So I guess it's just always been something I was into. I, I had to learn it out of necessity because I did not come natural to me at all. I'm very introverted and also very much a nice guy. I guess because I wasn't a natural introvert, I kind of made up for it by when I did talk to a girl, just feeling like I had to be really nice so she'd want to keep talking to me since I wasn't really good at you know flirting or having conversations. So really learned it out of necessity, but I'm the kind of person that when I get into something, I, I really focus on it and want to kind of take it apart and, and, and figure it out and spend a lot of time doing that. And once I got good, started teaching it to others, like I said, back in, uh, I guess about 2006 now. So almost 14 years it's been holy. So yeah, it's pretty much my story. been doing it now for a while and enjoy it and uh, work with a lot, of, a lot of guys one-on-one and also you know through different channels and whatnot. I got to give it to you that you've been doing this for so long because there's not that many dating coaches left it feels like like a lot of a lot of guys I guess women too uh, you know who are teaching dating advice the ones who started before us you know maybe in like 2000s 2005 around then a lot of those people have been out of the industry they don't teach anymore you know and I just got to give it to you You've been doing this for so long and you're still doing it. People always ask me like, Trip, aren't you sick about talking about the same stuff over and over and over? And I'm like, no, this is, this is my, my passion. This is what I do. And there's always something new to talk about, right? There's always a new way or a new angle to talk about something. And I, so I just, I, I give you credit because you've been doing this for such a long time as well, you know? 
Yeah, I think we're similar in that, you know, you, you mentioned it. It's, it's before us, there was like the PUA guys, right? Who were all into like pickup artists and stuff. And then at some point it became a lot of marketers and the PUA guys kind of got out and the marketers kind of got out. And now it's like the the guys who really like coaching that that are left, you know, not the uh, not the guys chasing, you know, either the PUA fad or the marketing fad. So it's, it's cool, you know, to see that there's actually a lot more quality advice out now than there was a few years ago when it was flooded with, you know, a lot of, a lot of marketers trying to, trying to take over. Right. And the people who are actually interested in the material itself, yeah, you know, just stuck around. So, so yeah, man. So, well, let's, let's dive into it. So first dates, I, I get a lot of questions from guys, you know, they ask me like, how do I, you know, have a great first date? How do I, you know, they don't ask this question, but I know this is what they're trying to ask is, how do I get a such a good first date with the woman that she's going to want to see me again? Do you have any principles or any techniques or any thoughts on on what it means to have a a good first date? Yeah, you know, I think I think a, a, a lot of it really comes down to going into it with with the right mindset because I get a lot of different types of clients who you know, they, 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 they want to know, okay, so they're setting up a date and, you know, there's like the different varieties, right? There's the guys that take the first date so seriously that they're like, well, I'm going to plan her this really romantic dinner. And then there's the other side of it where it's the guys that are meeting a girl off Tinder and they're just looking at it like, hey, I'm just going to meet her very quick for a drink. And either way, I think just going into it, it's like not about... For like the one angle of the guys, right? The uh, the the guy who's taking it too seriously, like he walks into it, and he's in the mode of either I have to impress her, I have to make her comfortable, I have to make her like me, I have to not blow it, right? And as soon as you as soon as you get into that mindset, you go into it, it completely destroying everything because you you're you're going into it thinking like you're the one who has to be entertaining, you're the one who has to get her to like you. And we start censoring ourselves. We don't. We, it's very hard to be yourself when you think that you have to impress somebody. You know, one of the things I always tell guys is go into it with the idea of expressing your personality versus trying to impress her. Because what happens is, and I'm sure you see this with a lot of your clients, is a lot of guys nowadays they can get a first date, maybe even a second date, but they very rarely get past like that third date. You know, they, they, they the girl just kind of blows them off. She, yeah. And I think a lot of it happens. I mean, A, women have so many opportunities nowadays and, and you really do have to stand out. But I think a lot of it is that they're so cardboard around women that they never really like let the woman know who they are. They don't really humanize themselves. Uh, where when, when, the, when the woman's not with them, she really doesn't have much memory of them. You know, they, they kind of fade away because they go into it and they're just like every other guy that she's hung out with. Yeah, and that's the problem. And that's a problem too, because all the guys are on the same level of impressing a girl, right? It's like they go in there, just like you're saying. I totally agree with that. They go in there trying to impress. And then I, I really like how you put that, actually. I've never really thought about it that way. Because they're trying to impress, they're not being themselves. So they are this, you know, copy of every other guy, and they're probably really stiff. Basically, by trying to impress, you become this shitty version of yourself. Like really bland, really boring, you know, really nice guy. And of course, that's the big problem with being a nice guy is that you're just bland and boring. And it's, you know, it's it's all very counterintuitive how how you're explaining it, you know, because intuitively we think, let's we gotta impress the girl. In order to see her again, she must like me. I must impress her to see her. But we know that's not the case, right? 
Yeah, I think guys have that two mentalities, right? They they either think they have to impress her, which we just talked about, or they think they have to like develop really good rapport with her. So they they go into it and they they're like, man, I'm going to find something that I can talk to her about. So what happens is, and I know I was guilty of this a lot when I used to go on dates, is because I used to travel a lot, right? So I would kind of that would be like my comfort conversation topic, and I would go into a date and I'd kind of try to try to guide it towards that because I knew that if I started talking about traveling, I could tell some some good stories. And But what would happen is we'd wind up just talking about traveling for like 35 minutes about all the places we went to or whatever. And she'd tell me her stories and I'd tell her my stories. But then that conversation thread would kind of end and we'd realize that we really didn't have any like connection between us as like... I always say you, you want a conversation really to be about the dynamic uh, between you and her, right? Not too much focused on any any topic, you know, not one person doing more, more about like the back and forth reactions that you're, you're having to each other. And, you know, I think when you're trying to gain rapport with a woman really hard, you wind up just going into topics, topic after topic, right? Because you're looking for something. Oh, you like snowboarding. Cool. Yeah, I was snowboarding last week. And she tells you her snowboarding story. And then, you know, now you, you jump into another story and it's like, you're just looking for these, these wide topics to bond over. And in reality, chemistry never happens when you're doing that, right? And the date ends and yeah, she, she looks back and she has some facts about you, right? Oh, he likes snowboarding and he's been to Paris and you know he does this for a living. But she never really got to know you, right? You never expressed yourself to her. So one of the things that, that I, I personally started doing, because I caught myself doing this, right? Was I may, I really focused on learning anecdotes, right? Where, where I, because when you tell an anecdote about your day and it could be literally anything, you start, you start expressing more of your personality, right? Even if you're telling her how you were um, at the grocery store and this old lady in front of you was too slow and you were like getting upset, like, and you're telling her like what's going through you. Now you're expressing a little bit of your personality. And when you start doing that, what you find is that girls start doing that too, right? And that's really what you want is her expressing her personality. Because then you can kind of tease her on aspects of things she's saying, she can tease you instead of you both sort of reciting facts about yourselves, right? I, oh, yeah, I have a brother and you know I grew up here and I do this for fun. Like chemistry never happens in that sort of conversation. And I think guys don't realize that. And there, there's a variety of ways and we can discuss them to, to get out of that, but you have to consciously go into a date going, I'm not going to get sucked into interview mode. I'm not going to get sucked into like fact swapping over you know, different topics. So where do you think chemistry happens then? Because I, I, yeah, great points, right? Where do you think it happens if it's not happening happening in the factual exchange, right? Exchange of facts, so we can call it, which is just like cool, boring. Who cares? Where, where does the chemistry happen, in your opinion? I think it happens when you guys are talking to each other. Meaning, so if you tell her, "Hey, you know, let's say, say she, she, you say, what did you do for a living?" Right, and she goes. I'm a teacher, right? Oh, like the, the standard guy would go, oh, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. I have a friend who's a teacher. It's cool. You have summers off, blah, 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 right? Nothing, no chemistry takes that place, takes, right? On the other hand, if, if, you, if you relate back to her, right, and you tell her how you view her, like, oh, you're a teacher. I never would have guessed that. You, you don't have that like, that like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. Give me your mean teacher face, right? Come on, show me like how you yell at, yell at the kids when they're being bad, right? And now she's like, what do you, like now you're reacting to her, kind of teasing her, being playful with her, as opposed to just sharing facts, right? It's like, you know, one of the common things that, that people might hear in dating advice, and it's really good advice is turn questions into statements, right? So 
instead of saying like, what do you do for a living? You say, you, you, I, I would think you do this, right? Because now you're giving her your impression of her. And now she's curious. Oh, why would you think that? And you go, oh, you, and you can just tell her things about herself. Oh, when you, you just have this vibe to you that just like, I, I would have thought you were this, right? Instead of saying, what do you do? I would have thought you're this because you, you have this vibe. And she's going to be curious, right? And then you can, of course, you, you always want to move it into like teasing. So anything, you're always going to be looking for things that you can tease her on, be playful with. Because then the focus of the conversation is on you, you and her. You know, like if you imagine that there's a spotlight above the conversation, you want it on the two of you at the same time, right? And anytime somebody's talking too much about themselves or like their job or their now the spotlight's only focused on either them or their job, you want it focused on the back and forth interaction between the two of you, right? Whether it's teasing her, whether it's just giving her your view of her, even if you guys are like playfully arguing, right? And that's why even we can talk a little bit about the types of dates that work best. But sometimes like even sort of competitiveness between you or or conversation games, all of those sort of things make that focus, right? Of that spotlight, it's shining on the both of you rather than just one of you or some external thing like a vacation you went on. I like that too. What I'm hearing you say, and something I preach a lot about is tension. It sounds like you're creating playful tension, which definitely helps in creating attraction. Yeah. And that's, you know, going back to sort of the the idea of why nice guys fail is nice guys are really, really scared of tension. And it's really one of the big reasons why women why do, why, why do you think that is, by the way? I always spit my point of view, but I love hearing others on this. Why are nice guys scared of building tension? Because they want to be liked, right? Like the biggest thing a nice guy wants is to be liked. And tension, you risk not being liked with tension. And even if it's even if it's like sexual tension, right? Like if you're making eye contact with a girl, for instance, and you hold it a little bit longer, or if you're saying hello and you shake her hand a little bit too long, there's a moment there where tension exists, right? And the nice guy's scared that if he pushes it, she's not going to like him. She's going to think you're creepy or she's going to think you're, you're aggressive, right? And I think part of it is guys, we grew up hearing from people, women, you know, guys only want sex, right? And I think a lot of nice guys, they're like, they try so hard to show the woman that I'm not just looking for sex, right? I, I'm not just that one of those guys that just wants to have sex with you, which is, 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 is totally hurting them, right? They think that it's helping them, but, it, but it's really just making them come across really uh, insecure, really weak, really timid, because they're, they're so afraid of that. And they're also afraid of like the tension of like what we're talking about in terms of a conversation, right? They let her lead it. I mean, one of the things I always tell my clients, right? If, if, a, if, if a girl is, you know, women don't study this, right? So a lot of times it's their fault in a sense, right? So you'll go on a date with a woman and she'll start asking you these questions. But just because she's asking them to you doesn't mean that it's okay now. Okay, well, she's the one asking the question, so it's okay to to go into interview mode. No, like you've got to you've got to take control. And one of the things I'll tell guys is just in the middle of stop, just stop her, right? Like if she's going, and I, I tell the story. I was out one night with this girl, and she first she asked me what I do for a living, and I hate that question because as a dating coach, I I never like you know answers. It just doesn't never winds up good. So. I go, hey, I'll answer that question in a second. But you know, I was on, on the way over here. Me and my friend were talking about this, and I want to hear your opinion on it, right? And I just changed the subject to something that was a lot more fun and playful because I know that if I don't do it, it it's going to fall into that trap, right? But there's a little tension, like you said, when you do that, right? To cut her off, you risk her going, oh, this guy's kind of rude. He just cut me off. But the reality is, women rather you do that, right? They want you to lead. They're they they 
they don't want to like just because you're having this boring back and forth interview question doesn't mean they're enjoying it. It just means that they don't know how to have anything else. So you have to be the one to kind of take charge. Right. Because what else are they going to do? You know, they're sitting there, they're on the day two, they're not going to leave and get up. So they're going to just have their conversation. You know, one thing I preach about a lot is this idea of entertainment. and, And I feel like you're kind of tapping into that too with what you're saying, just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying. Like entertainment, I always say the guy should go into the conversation, into the date, wherever they are with the girl to entertain themselves. Yeah. To make it interesting for themselves. You know what I mean? It's like if it's not interesting to you, you know, that's what I'm seeing there, Bobby, is that you're there and you're like, oh, she's going to ask me what I do. And you've probably been, you know, you're probably sick of it. Like you're just, okay, you know how it's going to go because you're a dating coach. I've been through that too. So we got to have the same conversation. She's going to ask me the same questions and, and reference the movie Hitch, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and yada, yada. And so you, in that moment, I feel like you were like, no, I don't want to do this right now. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about something that's more interesting to me. And so then you brought that up, you know, whatever the conversation was that you had with your friend and, and started talking about that. And then boom, and then she latched onto that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and she never went back. And, and, and that's the interesting thing. The questions that they're asking, they don't really care, right? Because we, we went the entire conversation and she never backed up to like asking me, like, I think she was asking me, oh, so did you, did you study that in college? And that's when I cut her off. She goes, what, so what did you study in college? And like, I don't want to talk about what I studied in college right now. Like, and she never went back and, and brought that up. So she obviously didn't care, right? It was just a question she felt she had to ask. And I just took it to a, a better place. And you know, I think I think no matter what you do for a living or anything, right? Like you got to go into a date understanding that there's going to be questions that are going to come up and you got to know how to sort of transition them out of that, right? And I always say like if a conversation is PG, you want to take it to like PG-13 or R level because that's really that's really where you're being yourself, right? When you're being the PG version of yourself, like you said earlier, you're you're kind of being this like neutered watered down you. And the sooner you can get it out of that realm, the better, right? So what I always tell my clients is that you know that certain questions are going to come up. So have like either a story, an anecdote, something to transition away. So one another example, right? Um, I used to be a house painter. And another it was another thing that's just... It's not like a job that's attractive to women. Like There's nothing really interesting about it. So when that would come up, it would, it would be sort of a conversation killer. But I knew it was going to come up, right? So I, I would always jump into a story, right? So like, she'd go, "What do you do for a living?" And I'd go, "I'm a painter." Which, you know, today was actually funny because I was painting this old lady's house, right? Her and her husband, and I'm in their closet, and and I'm painting, and all of a sudden, this bag falls, and I pick it up, and it's like a bag of like sex toys. Now I'm all like embarrassed. I'm trying to put them back in, and she walks into the room, and I'm trying to like hide them behind the thing, you know. And I tell this story, and then. She'll always go, oh my God, you know, I'll go, but and, and then I'll transition, right? Because I, as I said earlier, you always want the conversation to be about you and her, right? So I use that to go something. I'll say, say what do I, I mean, everybody has stuff. What do I find in your closet, right? Like, what are you hiding? Like, and she go, oh, no, you, you just joke. And you go, I, I bet you're one of those wide old girls, right? And now it's back to you and her, right? So you transition off of the, I, I paint houses, right? And I have a, a built-in story, which was a true story. So when I, when I used to actually do that, I would just tell that story. And I would tell it, you know, better than I tell it now because I'm just using this example. But I would tell it in sort of a, hu- a humorous way, and I would always transition it back to me and her, right? Because I knew that if I stayed in that topic of jobs, it was just not going to get me in. But 
I don't think most guys think that way in terms of, okay, these are the questions. She's going to ask me where I grew up. How can I get out of that? She's going to ask me what I do for a living. Like These questions are going to come up. So figure out how you can transition out of those questions and bring it to a more fun level, preferably a PG-13 or R-rated level where you can have a little bit more, more fun with her. I like that. One thing, it reminds me of something I used to to do and actually something I used to teach a lot in terms of teaching guys how to talk about what they do and make it really interesting and a, and a technique to do that. And it doesn't matter what you do. You can be a house painter. You can be an accountant for a corporation. Uh, you can be a dating coach. You can be a doctor. It doesn't matter what you do. But basically, basically the technique is... You you tell them what you do, kind of like you're talking to a five year old, mm-hmm. right? So you tell them exactly what you do for a living, so they understand it, right? So for example, if you say, "Oh, uh, okay, actually, I'm trying to think," yeah, I had, I had a client who said he was an accountant, and I was like, "Okay, what do you, you know for what kind of company?" And he said he's an accountant for a company that it is responsible for putting the solar panels on uh, big buildings so that. If the building ever loses power, they can they can tap into the solar power. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And what if you were able to explain that to a girl by explaining it in a very uncomplicated way, kind of like I just did? Yeah. And instead of saying, I'm an accountant, right? It's like, imagine if you started that and you were like, okay, well... And so she goes, what do you do for a living? You say, well, you know how... You, know, you can work in a big building and she'll be like, yeah. Like, well, you know how sometimes, you know, like the... Power can go out because you, know, you never know what can happen. There can be storms. There can be this, that, da, da, da. And she'll be like, yeah, like, well, I, what I do is I work for a company where I crunch the numbers to make sure that they're, you know, whatever, doing the right thing with their money, yada, yada, yada. So there can be solar power on different buildings so they never lose power. Yeah. Again, that's not a great way that I just did it. I just kind of riffed. But imagine just being able to explain what you do as specific as possible with a lot of enthusiasm behind it to make it just a little bit more interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because like you did, even the way you were doing it, it's like expressing more of your personality in it, right? When, when, you, when you sound excited and you tell it and you do it like that, you're actually expressing personality rather than just reciting facts. And that's really what a, a woman is looking for, right? She's like looking to get to know your raw personality because that's what women are attracted to, right? Raw personality. They're not attracted to... You know the, the sort of social mask that that you put on. The hey, I'm the. This is what I how I feel like I have to act on a date. They're attracted to like the real you, which is I always tell people it's like why why people fall in love with their coworkers, right? Because like a lot of times when you're working at a certain place and you, you're you're there and you're very comfortable there, you're not in that like first date sort of mentality, and you wind up being more yourself, and then you wind up falling for your coworker, and she winds up falling for you. Uh, whereas on a date, you kind of... Most guys go into it like not expressing that personality like you were just showing them how to do. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that too is is based on you know just fear of rejection. I think guys are just scared to rock the boat in any way. I think they're scared of maybe showing their personality because I think deep down... They might think that they don't have a good personality. So yeah. if they show it, then they have the chance of getting rejected. And of course, you know, putting yourself out there and being vulnerable by showing your personality and then getting rejected for it, that hurts, right? And I and I get it. Like I, I empathize. I understand that that is a really tough rejection to go through. But what I want to try to teach guys, and I believe you're doing the same thing, Bobby, is you're really not going to get anywhere if you stay in the bland, nice guy 
boring mode, right? It's like it's not going to go anywhere. So you got to take the chance. Like it's like high risk, high reward, right? Even though there's not really a risk, but you feel like you're taking a risk because you're risking that rejection. But high risk, high reward. If you can risk putting yourself out there, being more interesting just by showing your personality, you can get rewarded with you actually getting the girl interested in you and attracted and going on a second date and avoiding all these mistakes that we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And similar to what you're saying, right? Guys are afraid to take that risk. You know, one of the things we didn't really talk about is like the type of date, right? And most guys, they're, they're scared to even change up the date, right? Whether it's the first or second date, we both could probably, I don't, I don't really know what your, your feelings are, but I, I would think that you would think that like the classic dinner date is not the best way to get to know somebody because you're sitting across from them. It's very high pressured. It's just, it's difficult, right? But most guys assume that that's what she's expecting. And even when, even when I tell them, like, no, just do something else. Invite her, invite her to a street fair. Or like, like, go online and see, what, see what's going on. And if, a, if a museum just opened up, invite her there. And they feel weird. Like, oh, that's like different. I don't know. I feel like she's going to go, why, why, why is he inviting me there? But the reality is, is you're going to have a lot more fun walking around a street fair with a girl or walking around a, an art festival or a museum where you have all these new things to talk about and just new environments and you're moving around than you are with dinner. But I can't tell you how many clients I've told that to. And then when I talk to them next time, they're like, yeah, I just met her for a drink. And I'm like, well, we, we talked about why not create a more, more of an experience than just a drink or a, a, a dinner. And yet they don't want to push it, right? It's that fear of, oh, what if she thinks I'm weird because I asked her to go to a... a a festival, a street festival, or, or or a museum instead of out to dinner, you know? So what do you think if you had to go back into your list of dates and your memories? Like, what was a really fun date that you had? Like, not a fifth, sixth date, but like more in the beginning. Do you have any that come to mind at all? Yeah, I was actually talking to a client about this just the other day. Uh, you know, some my, 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 my four, four dates that I can remember, right? Two of them wound up turning into being long-term girlfriends. And I don't know if these were the first dates, but they were definitely like the second, maybe a second date. One of them, we went to a zoo and that was amazing because I, I remember we just were walking around like pointing out animals and, and we, we knew each other from, from a mutual so- social circle. So it was a little easier to do this, but we'd walk around like pointing out which animal like looked like people we knew. And it was just such a fun thing where we had all these memories that we created that we wouldn't have been able to create at a, uh, a restaurant, right? Another one was in New York City. I took her to the Museum of Natural History. Another great date. I think that was probably the it was the the second date that I went on with her. <sighs> bowling, right? I did bowling once with a girl, which was fun because it created sort of a it didn't start off as bowling. We started off meeting at a coffee shop, which is probably the worst date you could possibly go on. And I knew that. I'm like, I can't sit in a coffee shop with her long. So I chose a coffee shop where I knew there was a bowling alley right next door so that I had something to after like 20 minutes to go, hey or Hey, let's just let's go next door and bowl, you know, just to get her away from the coffee shop because then we can be a little bit more competitive and you know you get the high five when she does a good good thing and now now you're creating that a little bit more better environment where you can flirt where you can get a little physical as opposed to a coffee shop where you're just kind of sitting there staring at each other. So those two were good. A street festival, I, you know, I mentioned that before, and that was actually a fun one that I did as well, where we went out street fest. You know, it was like a local. I. I was in a city and that day they had closed down a few roads and we went, we met up there, walked around, she got her fortune read. So the great thing about these things is they give you all these external things to talk about and reference, right? So now when she gets her fortune read, 
you can kind of joke with her about it, right? As opposed to like having to come up with new material as you're sitting across from her, you've got all this built-in material, right? The guy that you throw the, uh, you know, one of those guys that you try to dunk, you know, he's you're throwing things to get him and now you're joking about that. And now you're creating all these memories, right? All these experiences with her that you're just not able to create across from her at dinner. Right, exactly. It makes it, it, it makes it just easier, you know? It yeah. just makes it easier. It's so much less work when you have something that you're doing that's maybe more activity-like or something that's more interesting. And no, that's great. I, I always say absolutely 100% no dinner dates on the first date. You know, I think a dinner date is great once you guys have had a few dates. You yeah. know, that it's good to have that typical dinner date, but avoid that at all costs in the very beginning. Do something more interesting, like you're saying. I like that. An activity is, uh, is great. And then I also say down the line, not too far down the line, it'd be great, like on a third date, is get her back to your place and cook dinner. Yeah. Right? Because now she's back at your place. Awesome. And you guys can connect more. You can show your place and you can cook dinner and that's going to be an activity. And you can cook it and she can bring eat like a bottle of wine or bring a dessert or whatever. And you guys can just hang out and it makes it a lot easier for you guys to connect and then get to the point where you guys are connecting sexually because you're in a place where that can happen. So eventually, you know, getting to uh, getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tip for guys uh, that, you know, having fun things at your house definitely makes it good too, right? So one of the things that, that, that I have is an Oculus Quest, right? The virtual reality uh, headset. And there's a lot of like fun things you can do on there with girls that you can just play around, right? There's like one game where it's like called Walk the Plank and you got to like put it on and you're, and you're essentially trying to walk across like a plank. And it's really freaky to do, but it's something like fun, right? As opposed to just watching TV or, you know, you, you, like you said, you cook her dinner, you throw that on. Now you're getting her in a good mood. You get to joke with her about it. The more of those kind of things you can have back at your place, the better as well for, for that sort of date. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It makes it more fun. I, uh, I, I play piano. So I have a piano at my place. Yeah. So if you have an instrument that you like to play, that you're good at, that you enjoy, you know, and here's the here's the trick, right? Is you don't invite them over and tell them that you're going to play for them because that's cheesy. Yeah, you just have it sitting out, and most likely they're going to be, oh, play me a song or play yeah. me something, and then you can play it, and uh, and that's just awesome, right? And that's fun. It can show more of your personality, and it gives her, you know, a chance to get to know you and and you know see some of your skills and things like that. So. Yeah, it's it's really it's really endless in terms of what you can do here to to make it a, a great date and, and and fun time at your place. What do you think, Bobby? If you had to say maybe a couple of the of of more like big mistakes that you see guys make on first dates? Yeah, I mean, you know, besides just like we were saying, the being too agreeable and all that sort of stuff. I mean, one of the big mistakes that I see guys make is in terms of kiss to kiss, right? I think that a lot of guys, nice guys especially, they go into a first date thinking that it's wrong to try to kiss her, right? They, 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 they have something blocking them to believe that it's possible to kiss a girl on a first date. And I think that you really got to get that out of your head because nowadays especially, if, if, if you don't... like To me, the minimum to get investment out of, out of a woman right, is kissing her, right? If, you, if, if she hasn't kissed you yet, and she's got a few other guys she's talking to, right? And, and we both can probably, you know, that's just the way it is nowadays, right? Most women, 
are talking to a handful of guys, right? Whether it's their ex-boyfriend hitting them up on, you know, Instagram or just, you know, a couple guys they're talking to on Tinder or the guy that they work with. So if she hasn't kissed you yet and if, you know, now a week goes by, it's like you become, there's less and less investment there. So I think just going into a date going, yeah, you know what? I, I, I want to try to kiss her tonight. Not going, well, I'm going to wait to the third date, which, you know, a lot of guys still do. It surprises me how many guys think that they got to wait two or three dates before they even go for the kiss. Not establishing the flirtation quick enough, right? Like we've talked a little bit earlier <clears throat> about how you have to flirt. But what I, what I find is that a lot of guys, they wait, right? They, they go into a date, a first date, and they think that there's some kind of timeline they have to go through where, you know, for the first 20, 30 minutes, oh, I'm going to just talk and be normal. And then towards the end of the date, I'll start flirting. But the reality is, is the longer you wait to start flirting, the harder that transition is going to be. Um, so I say establish yourself as a flirty guy right off the bat, right? Within the first five minutes, you know, throw out a banter line or something so that you can at least, she can at least see that she gets comfortable with the idea that you're going to tease her, that you are a flirty guy, as opposed to being like Mr. Serious for 45 minutes. And then you're like, oh shit, the date's ending. Now I got to suddenly try to flirt with her. And then it comes across as forced and a little awkward. So that's something I would watch out for is making sure you introduce flirting early on in the date. Touching, not not to get like too into that, but I used to be really bad with this, you know, is is that I would be so insecure about about touching her that I, I I've had girls actually back in the day, they would have to be the one to initiate the touch because I was so scared to do that. So what I realized is like you want to just do light touching. Uh, and that's what's great about things like, you know. A museum, right? Or um, walking her through a fair, right? Because you often get an excuse where you can take her hand, right? If you're walking through a street fair and there's like a crowd, you can kind of guide her along, which gets her comfortable with you. It's a lot harder to do that at dinner, right? So that's why at dinner, you sit there for an hour and a half and then dinner ends and you've, you, you haven't even touched her, which makes it a little bit harder to, to get the kiss. Other mistakes that guys make, uh, you know, on, on terms of, I, I think part of it is, from the other avenue is the the amount of interest you should show. I think that a lot of guys they, they kind of go backwards because they hear this idea like, oh, you can't show too much interest, right? You can't you you got it. You can't show interest. And guys get it completely wrong. What when guys go they they go they go to me like, oh yeah, but I thought you said you can't show too much interest. And I go, no, listen, a girl can know that you're I you know not to be crude, but a girl can know you want to bang her, right? You're a guy. You're a sexually you know, you're sexually attracted to her. That's fine. She can't know on the first date that you want to be her boyfriend, right? But guys get it reversed. They they hide the fact that they actually find her sexually attractive and you know want to get physical and all that. But then they spit out all these things that give off the impression that they already want. You know, the minute the date starts going good, they start trying to plan future dates and they start overly complimenting her and telling her how this is the best date I've gone on in a while. And you're sort of telegraphing the idea that you know, oh, he he's he's already thinking. He's already thinking of this as like a girlfriend, boyfriend type potential. And I think it's, it's, it's you know, the first couple of dates is too soon to be doing that, right? But it's not too soon, like I said, for her to know that, you, you know, you find her attractive in, in a physical sense. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, completely agree with that. You know, showing too much is, is a problem. You know, it's overkill, but I, and it's tough, right? It's because... I know guys hear us say things like, don't show too much interest, but you have to show interest, you know, because <laughs> if you're not flirting and showing interest, then it's not going to create a sexual vibe and all this stuff. So here's the thing. I think that well, this is where I think guys mess up. I think guys 
show too much interest to the girls that are not already interested in them. I think you know what we're saying here and what you're saying here, Bobby, is that you want to show interest to the girls that it's already a context of a date. You know, just don't do it overboard to the point where it's like this is the best ever. But if you're not showing any kind of flirting, it's not going to go anywhere, and you're going to be in the friend zone. So. I don't know. This is interesting. As as I'm kind of talking out loud now, what do you think? You think it's better to to err on the side of showing too much or too little? Like, what's your stance? on Well, I think there's two different things, right? Because you mentioned like the flirting and all that sort of stuff, right? That's to me, that's the interest you should be showing. Teasing her, flirting her. That's like the that's the unsaid interest, right? When when, when you're teasing her, yeah. you're flirting with her, you're touching with her. You're not saying it, but she gets it. Oh, this guy's into me, right? We, we have a vibe. Oh, this is cool, right? And that's fine. You don't want you don't want to you don't want to stop yourself from doing that. Like I said, go for the kiss. I'm talking more along the lines of like the guys who, at the end of the date, they start like planning, like, oh, we should we should, and and you know, I know you do coaching as well, so you've probably heard stories like you know where, where guys like you know the date went so good, and then I asked her if she wanted to go you know, on some vacation with me or, you know, or, or I bought her, I, when I went home, I sent her a gift and I'm like, that's what, that's what I like. After a date, you should not be sending a girl flowers. That's not the right way to show interest, right? The right way to show interest is what you said and what I said in terms of flirting with her, kissing her, like all that is perfectly fine. It's the idea of, of like classic example, which you'd think not a lot of guys would do, but quite a few of them do is they wind up after a date sending a girl flowers. Like I'm like, that's that's just overkill. That's that that's like putting too much pressure on her, right? She was having fun with you. The date went well, but then she gets flowers from you, and now it's like, wait a minute, this guy is getting a little too serious a little too quickly. Yeah. So okay. So to clear any confusion for any guy listening, I would say the best thing for you is if you just learn flirting, you know, like clear everything you know out of your head, scrape it all out of your brain and just focus on flirting, okay? So on this podcast, Bobby in your program, Unlock Her Legs, you know, anywhere else, your YouTube channel, like like guys should be learning about flirting in that way. Don't don't think about any other way of showing interest at all other than flirting. anything that has to do with flirting. Yeah, it's great. A great a great way to think about it is like let your interest be known by like the vibe that is between you, not by some outward confession of interest. Confessions of interest don't work out well. Yeah. No, it's funny too, because okay, so I just I'm I'm vlogging now on my channel. Mm-hmm. So I, I do these I do these vlogs on my YouTube channel where I'm just kind of showing my personal life and things I'm doing. And the second vlog, it's already released that I came out with, was a Valentine's Day vlog. Mm -hmm. And so on Valentine's Day, what I ended up doing was my girlfriend was at work and I have the keys to her car. And so I ended up sneaking into her car while she was working and I decorated it with stuff. and, And so she would end up going back to her car and see a bunch of roses and things like that. And so I had to be very clear when, when yeah. I was doing the vlog. I said on the vlog, I said, listen to me. Do not let this be an excuse for you to start doing these things to the girls you like. I was like, this is a very specific situation. It's Valentine's Day. I've been dating her for now, you know, just under two years. I'll probably never do anything like this again. I never do, I've never done this before. It's such a specific circumstance because I don't want guys to think, oh, look, Trip, the dating coach, he's, he's showing these grand gestures of love. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm even hesitant on doing this myself, but it just is a very unique thing. It's a unique yeah. situation. This thing will never happen again. 
and I'll never do anything like this again. So don't don't let this be an okay for you to do the grand gesture of love. Like again, it's a very specific circumstance because I want guys to know exactly what you're saying. Those grand gestures of love, they don't work. It's movies. It's Hollywood that makes you think that. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny how you had because I've I've had to do it both ways. I've had to. I've had to give the disclaimer both ways because I've I've said like don't I've said like one of my rules like never send flowers right and I and I have to be clear and I and I do be clear but but guys want to hear what they want to hear and I'm like they'll be like I thought you said to never send flowers and I'm like no listen I'm talking in like the beginning right like if it's your, if it's your girlfriend and it's like your your two year anniversary and you want to send her flowers like that's fine but you don't send them on the second or third date right or it's definitely not the first date but even the first few dates like. You know, it's 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 different, but you got to be black and white because people hear what they want to hear when it when it comes to advice. You know, it's like, well, you said this, and I'm like, yeah, but I clarified it before I said it. I know, I know. That's the thing too. Yeah, because yeah, even with listen, even with relationships, like, yeah, get your girlfriend. Like, I don't think I ever get my girlfriend flowers unless it's Valentine's Day, and that's it. You know what I mean? It's like I, even then, I don't want to sit here and do these like cheesy ways of showing that I like you and and you know like I would do that if she's having a bad day like that's a great time to send flowers to a, again specifically to a girl that you're already dating she's already your girlfriend and she had a bad week at work like oh man like that's going to score you some points like she's going to love that that's just a nice thing to do but just to do it out of nowhere do it all the time it becomes stale like it becomes stale very fast so you never want to do anything like that that's going to feel stale because that then it's predictable and it's boring, you know? So yeah. Cool, man. Listen, this was great. It was awesome having you on here and talking about this and, and just diving, you know, really deep into, you know, what all this means in terms of how to rock out a first date and ideas about flirting and, and making sure you're escaping any sort of nice guy tendencies. So thanks so much for, for doing this. And I know that you have a program. Just like I do, you have a program that helps guys in terms of getting girls and you have your own system. Would you like to share where the guys can find that and get that? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we teach, and this is really for sort of recovering nice guys who, who might have sort of created a bad in, initial impression. A lot of guys, you, you probably experience this, right? Where you got to play you know, Monday morning, you know, quarterback where it's like, you, they've already made the bad mistake. Right. And guys have like kind of done some of these mess up and they're like, well, how do I reverse this? Right. How do I change her opinion? And that was sort of a focus of, of mine and my partners for a while was like, how can we, how can we get it so that guys have, who have messed up can get a second chance. And we, we, we developed ways that kind of allow you to sort of reset her opinion and, and they can find more about that. It's, it's called unlock the scrambler. It's a, uh, like a technique that is really meant to, like I said, reset her opinion, right? Allows you to rebalance that power that you might've lost if if you were too much of a nice guy or you made too many mistakes early on. And um, like you said, you can find that at unlocktheScrambler.com. Cool. Awesome. I'll put a link there in the description so guys can check that out. Bobby, thanks again for, for being here and doing this. I think this is probably me like three years later from the last time I interviewed you. So it's just great to have you back. And uh, and yeah, we'll be talking to you soon, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, you know, sooner than three years. Yeah. And getting some, extracting some more good tips from you. So thanks so much. Yeah, good, good, good to be on and uh, always fun. 